As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Good morning, or whenever you are listening to this, good evening, good afternoon, good midnight, whatever. This is Myra, and you have found yourself again in the middle with me. Hey, girl, hey. Um, Just wanting to let you know that when I sit down to record this podcast, it is literally one of my favorite times of the week, because just the... um expectation of you listening to this just excites me. So thank you for your time. And I pray that each time you listen, you get a little something, something. So just, um, I always start off with a little bit of what I've been doing this week and we went on vacation. It was a quick two night, um, three day vacation. And we just hopped in a car, loaded up the truck (laughs) and moved Beverly We actually just went to um, Oklahoma, Broken Boat, Oklahoma, and had a blast. We did kayaking and fishing and jet skiing, and the kids and my husband and I just had a good time. Semi-unplugged, like I thought about telling them to not bring electronics, but the thought of the hassle of not having electronics every now and then I was like, you know what? I'm not there for that because there are times and y'all need to tell the truth, shame the devil. There are times when you want your kids to have electronics, when you just want to hear nothing and you don't want to talk to them. You don't want them talking to each other. You show enough don't want them talking to you. And the only and the only thing that accomplishes that is electronics. So yes, I allow my kids to take their electronics, but most of the time, most of the time, we were having amazing family time. So if you ever get the opportunity, check out Broken Bow, Oklahoma. You can rent cabins like ours. It had this hot tub and a ping pong table and a pool table. So we had to like make ourselves even leave the cabin. But anyway, great times, great times at the OK Corral. I'm not sure where that reference came from, but it did. So listen, as always, I remind you to subscribe to the podcast. Please share the podcast, please. Also, if you are on Facebook, make sure to go and check out our um, Facebook group in the middle with Myra. We have daily conversations, just sharing tidbits, um, talking about current events, giving each other advice. So make sure to join the community. Um, I also have a website that I would love for you to subscribe to. It is um, in the middle. I'm sorry, MyraRollins.com is the website. And when you are there, make sure just to leave me your email address. And just every now and then I send you just a little bit, a tidbit through your email. I don't flood it. But whenever I send you something, you're going to be like, hmm, 
that was worth the read. So make sure to subscribe and I'll also keep you abreast about what's going on and where I'm going to be speaking, whether it be virtually or in person. And then the last thing that I want you to do is just again, make sure to keep stopping by in the middle every single Monday. But today we're talking about who are you? And not like just like this soul searching kind of who are you? I am talking about if you had to look at something in the distance and compare yourself to someone, who would it be? And I'm speaking specifically of women in the Bible and how we can learn from them because so many times it is hard for us to do this self-reflection because when you try to dig into yourself because of your own biases and what you already believe about yourself, it's hard to identify your areas of opportunity. And I think about that. I call it your spiritual spinach. And what do I mean by that? You've had a meal before, whether it be spinach or something else, and you've eaten it and you've done the put your tongue around your teeth thing. You've even put some water in your mouth and wished it around and you think you're good. But someone tells you an hour later that, hey, sis, you have some spinach in your teeth. You're like, really? I had that blind spot to myself and it takes someone else to tell me that. And so oftentimes looking at and picking apart and doing assessment of other people allows us to see ourselves a little bit better. And so what I want to do today is just look at a few women in the Bible and see after analyzing them and their area of opportunity, if you can say, you know what, maybe I'm kind of like that. And saying, if I'm kind of like that, then what are my areas of opportunity that I can implement in that area? Okay, so the first person that I want to dive into, she always gets the bad rap. So we're going to go ahead and start with her. You know who I'm talking about. The first, (laughs) the first female of the Bible, the first woman ever created, the one that all of us are mad at, the one that once we all get to heaven, she might need like some angel guards because we're going to be like, let let me find her because this heifer is the reason why I'm having childbirth pains, period pains. She the reason. We need to find her. We're talking about the infamous Eve. So first up is your girl Eve. (laughs) Ooh, this chick. Okay, so... We know the story in Genesis 3, the serpent, the snake approaches her and like, dude, eat this fruit. It's going to be great. And she was like, "Mm." God said, we can't touch it. We can't eat it. And he was like, look, the only reason that God don't want you to have that, he's holding it back from you because he knows that if you eat that, you're going to be like him. And he don't want you to be like him, knowing good and evil. And um. She was like, you know what? That's true. So she ate it. She gave it to Adam and he ate. And then all hell broke loose, literally. And so what we have to understand and see if we have any Eve-like tendencies in us. Because Eve, even though she had an abundance of trees in the garden. God said, you can have all of these trees. It was probably thousands and thousands and thousands of trees. And God was like, have at it. You just can't have 
this one. But what is that one thing in your life, sis, that is making you feel, here's the word, discontented? Is it being single and you wanting a husband, even though God is giving you houses and friends and health? But that one thing has made you feel that God is holding back something from you. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe you're married and it was a dream that you wanted, a book that you wanted to write. You wanted to be a speaker. You wanted to travel. But because of marriage and children, it has not worked itself out in that manner for you. And you feel that God is holding that dream back from you. Or is it... um, a certain financial state that you want to hit that for whatever reason, because of your job, because of choices, you have not been able to have um, much disposable income over your life. And you feel that God has just been unfair and he has withheld that blessing from you. And because of that feeling that God is holding something back from you, you are living in a spirit of being discontent. See, first Timothy six says that Godliness is a great gain when accompanied by contentment. So what that is saying is that you can be saved and be unsatisfied. And who wants that? Who wants the most glorious blessing, but the inability to enjoy all of the perks of it because we are not contented? Discontentment manifests itself in several ways. One, oddly enough, is decreased energy. And the reason, sis, that you find yourself tired all the time when you're living in the spirit of discontentment is because you're constantly searching for something to fill a void. So you're constantly doing this thing, going to that event, looking for this particular person, constantly on the search and the hunt, and it takes all of your energy. Another manifestation of being discontented is just a spirit of what I call blahness. Never excited about anything because when something happens good, it's never good enough because it's not the thing that you wanted. So because it's not the thing that you wanted, you can't get excited about another good thing in another area. So you're constantly living in this state of, (sighs) (sighs) do you do that? My kids do that, especially my, my middle son. Whenever I say something that he doesn't like or when something happening that he doesn't like, he makes the over effort to make sure I hear him go. (sighs) And so are you walking around? (sighs) I have no idea how that's going to sound when I play this podcast back. So let me stop doing that. But you live just in this decreased excitement all the time because you can't enjoy a blessing in one area. Because it's not the blessing that you want. Another way that um, discontentment manifests itself is half effort. You never work hard at anything because you're like, until I get this. Now, when when that comes, I'm going to slay it. I'm going to maximize it. If God gives me that thing, whatever that thing is from you, when God gives me that tree in the middle of the garden, then I'm going to do so great by it. But unless and until he gives me that, everything else. I'm not really going to work hard at. I'm not going to give it my full effort. So those are a few ways that you can check yourself to see, could I possibly be living in a spirit of discontentment? Something else. And the biggest one is that oftentimes discontentment breeds disobedience. 
discontentment can breed disobedience. Just like Eve, you are going to go against a commandment or the heart of God in order to get your blessing by hell or high water. And sis, it ain't worth it. Like at the beginning of talking about Eve, we were joking about that all hell broke loose and that it's going to be a whole bunch of females looking for Eve because of all the stuff that she started by eating the apple, by being discontented and by acting in disobedience. Sis, use Eve as your example. It ain't worth it. It's not. So I want just to encourage you. Like there's a story of y'all know the Lion King. And the Lion King is like, I'm, you can just have full church on the Lion King if you wanted to. But one of the scenes where we get so much spiritual truth from is the scene where Simba had just been rescued by Mufasa from the elephant garden. And he went to the dark places where, where Simba had told him, not to go. Well, I'm sorry, where Mufasa had told him not to go. And he almost died roaming in those dark places. But earlier on, his dad told him, his father told him, now listen, you can't go over there. It, you, you can't, I'm sorry. But everywhere else that the light touches is yours. Sis, I don't know what your elephant graveyard is. I don't know where God has told you that you can't go. And I'm sorry that you can't go there. I'm sorry that you're not married yet. I'm sorry that you didn't get that job. I'm sorry that you don't have that house. I am not sure what the tree in the middle of your garden is, but be assured that everyone has that tree. But also be assured that God has says everywhere that the light touches is yours. So my encouragement to you is that in this season, how can you explore everywhere else that the light touches. If you're single, how can you maximize your singlehood? And don't say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone tells me that, but it's true. Everyone tells you that because it's true. Rare right now is being single a blessing. Since there is something that you can do as a single woman that I'll never be able to do. Do that thing. Y'all just to come home to a quiet house. If I had a genie in a bottle right now and they asked me for three wishes, one of them is to get everybody out of this house for at least 24 hours and just let me have it by myself, please. So, yes, I know that for you, the quietness and the four walls of your house is sometimes smothering, but maximize it. Travel, go out with your girls. Like I got to check in and ask folks where I can go and not go. You have the luxury of saying, girls, I'm going to meet y'all in 10 minutes. Maximize that. Wearing your life, sis, of being married, do you need to maximize it? Stop telling single people, girl, enjoy your singlehood. No, enjoy being married. Enjoy the fact that when your garage door doesn't let up, you can look at your husband and say, bro, something, something wrong with that door. Do you know how many single people are just exhausted of having to do all the things alone? Enjoy where the light touches in your life and stop worrying, worrying about where the light doesn't touch, the dark areas, the elephant graveyard. That ain't where you need to go right now, sis. So maximize the areas of abundance that God has given you. So some ways to know if you're being Eve-like is number one, 
Do you complain all the time? Whether out loud or in your mind, are you always complaining? Is something always wrong? Do you look at life from this glass half empty perspective? And it's often difficult to to see if you complain a lot. But my number two thing helps you to see if you complain. So number one is do you complain? But number two, how often do you compliment and give thanks? Because those things go hand in hand. If you're a complainer, you're going to rarely be grateful. So sometimes you can check yourself. It's like, you know, what they call those fact families where you can do the addition and you can check yourself by subtraction. So if you say, "Mm, I don't think I complain a lot, then the follow-up question is, how often are you thankful? How often are you giving grace? Do you find yourself, whether out loud or in your head, saying, oh, I'm so appreciative of this. Oh, I'm so glad I have this. God, thank you for that. And if you say, you know what? I don't often give thanks then you can probably bank and be assured that you probably complain a lot, sis. (laughs) So if you're checking yourself on whether you're an Eve or not, ask yourself, do you complain? Do you give compliments and give grace and give thanks? And then number three, are you consistently asking for more than what you already have? Oftentimes, Eves of the world are constantly looking around them for more as opposed to enjoying what's in front of them. So do you often find yourself buying more because you're not looking what's in front of you and what you already have? I mean, we can look at that just in our wardrobe. Like how much and how often are you shopping as opposed to looking in your closet and saying, you know what, let me switch this outfit up. Let me wear these pants with those shorts and put that pants and shorts, these pants with that shirt, and let me rock that outfit. Or in your house, are you constantly buying more things as opposed to, let me just switch this couch around because the ease of the world are constantly looking around them for more as opposed to enjoying what's in front of them. So what I want you to do is just um, analyze yourself this week and look at the ways that you could possibly be an Eve. Look at a situation where you complained and, and just really drill down and figure out why you complained about that situation. Look at a situation where you gave thanks and see how you can duplicate that. Like listening to podcasts and reading books isn't just to say, mm, that was good. It's for you to actually take the information and sit with it after you've heard it. So I want you to sit with it. Do you complain? And look at those situations that you complained and really work through that and drill down and see why and what was the heart behind that complaint. And then the same thing, if you do find yourself giving grace, drill down and say, you know what? I am a pretty thankful person. So look at both of those situations and just um, see how it applies to your life. So um, these are some things that you can do if you've done that assessment and you say, you know what? I'm, I'm kind of Eve-like in this situation. Um, here are a few things that you can do to bring yourself out of this Eve-like trait. So number one. Don't compare yourself to other people. Sis, I'm sorry, but I'm here to tell you. Your mama mama might not tell you this, but there is always going to be somebody prettier or better or richer or smarter or more popular than you at some point somewhere. So if you spend your life constantly comparing, then you are constantly going to be discontent. So stop it. Like you are you 
This all you got? <laughs> this is all you got. How do you look within and maximize what you have and rock that and be content with that? A second thing you can do to bring yourself out of Eve-like tendencies is to explore and maximize what you have. I spoke about that earlier, but instead of buying another piece of clothing, go in your closet and just shift some stuff around. Um, Don't complain about wanting another house. Decorate, paint, maybe change the carpet, like do some things like that, but stop talking about, I need another house. Okay. Don't complain about wanting another job. How about you go to the job that you have now and have a good attitude and maximize and, and just wait for God to, to, to give you your promotion season. Okay. So maximize what you have. A third thing you can do is expect feast, but also expect famine. Y'all, that's just the world. Just, that's just the real. There is never going to be a season in your life where everything you want is there, is present, is great. It just doesn't happen like that. Like God has created a life in which he leaves some intentional voids in our lives so that we can rely on him, so that we can know what his comfort feels like, so we can know what trusting and having faith is like so we can learn appreciation so we can learn patience so sis there will never be a season in your life where everything is everything (laughs) so expect the feast and expect the famine and it's so important that you have this mentality because when you are in a season of where one area of your life is in quote unquote famine status you won't be bewildered you won't be upset and you won't be what discontent All right. A fourth thing that you can do to bring yourself out of Eve-like tendencies and stop focusing on that tree in the middle of the garden is to celebrate your and other people's successes. Like take a minute, take a pause and give applause and give accolades and soak it in when good things are happening. Because it's amazing that when good things happen, we let those things float by without much recognition. And we don't let those things fill and refresh our souls because the more often we do that, when those areas of void come up, then because we have refreshed and filled our soul and been intentional about celebrating ours and other successes, those voids don't hit as hard. When I have celebrated with my girls and had a great time with them and have gone on trips and have enjoyed being by myself and have like done my toes and pet. I mean, when I have enjoyed my singlehood every now and then when I start to get lonely, it don't hit as hard because I've been intentional about celebrating the wins of my season. In marriage, because I've enjoyed my husband and enjoying my children and um, maximizing and laughing and just building moments and building memories. When I get overwhelmed by just everyone being in my face and never having a time to myself, it doesn't hit as hard because I've made sure that in the moments that I'm creating memories to maximize those. Where in your life, sis, do you need to be more intentional about celebrating the successes of your season so that when you feel those moments of void, it don't hit as hard. And the last thing you can do to be less like Eve is to stay away from the tempting tree. (laughs) 
What is that thing that if you constantly look at, constantly Google, which friend are you trolling and, and, and what's the word? I don't know, stalking on Facebook that you just want her life. What celebrity do you just read all of her pages and follow her on Instagram and Twitter and it makes you covet what she has? Like, what is your tempting tree that you need to say, I'm going to turn all of my attention away from that tree? I'm going to look around at everything else that fills and refreshes my soul and I'm not going to compare myself to her and look at her and I'm get off of her Facebook page. For somebody, you might need to completely get off of Facebook because you're, you just compare yourself to everybody. Everybody got a better life than you. Everybody is your tempting tree. Where, sis? What, sis, is your tempting tree? The thing that if you look at too long, it will make you feel discontented. Change your attention to stop looking at everything else around you and look at what's in front of you. Maximize what's in front of you and don't be like the cage lion just walking around in circles and pacing, just not experiencing any kind of fullness, just always just in a circle constantly worried about this little cage that I have. This is all that I have. This is all that I get. Everyone else has more. Don't be like a cage lion, but be instead like Mufasa, who encouraged his son as I encourage you to everywhere that the light touches, the blessings that God has given you. How do you maximize those, sis? Because remember, you can be saved, and unsatisfied at the same time. And that just don't make no sense. We have the greatest gift of life from, from God himself. And he doesn't just give us heaven as a promise, but he gives us abundant life on earth as a promise as well. And you can't experience that abundance life, abundant life acting like Eve. So that's the one chick I'm talking about today. And I'm going to mix it up. Instead of going from person to person to person in one podcast, I'm going to do a podcast each day this week. So Monday is Eve. Tomorrow, we're talking about Sister Sarah. I hope you tune in. Have a great day. Because remember, getting older with style and grace, it ain't easy. But somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? Choose to make it a great day, sis.